Wakefield. It's the Nolan Carnet Show starring Nolan, inviting you to join Nolan as guest this week, Hector Molina, to the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Nolan. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the show. And similar to the last episode, this one is another big one as well. It is the season four premiere episode of the podcast. And I had to go out with, I had to start with a bang to set the president on the show and who who's going to be on it and i'm proud to have the guest we have on this week before i introduce the guest i have for this week if you enjoy what you're watching because you know there's a lot of people i'm sure that tune into this every single week like joe rogan's uh, but follow like subscribe share do all that fun jazz to help continue the show but enough of that we'll do that at the end as, as well my, my guest this week you know as i said to him before we got going I, i'm so appreciative and i don't want to you know say that a lot because then it kind of gets redundant but I, I i'm beyond words to the gratitude i have for this person coming on to set time aside for the from their busy week he is a news and sports reporter for abc6 news here in rhode island he's the one and only hector molina hector thank you for joining me this week nolan thank you happy to be on of course. Well, as, as I as I always as I do with my guests each week, I like to catch up with them. So, how is life for Sir Hector during these interesting times? <laughs> uh, it's good. I'm actually um, in Connecticut now. That I'm at my Connecticut home, born and raised in Meriden, Connecticut. So this is where I am. So I'm just enjoying this lovely day. But uh, things are going good. Uh, been in Rhode Island. Been working at ABC for about six, seven months now. So. Still adapting to Rhode Island, but loving, uh, loving every second of it. Loving the news and sports stories that I get to cover, and the, you know, bunch of people that I've been able to meet, including yourself. So, I appreciate that. Um, so since <laughs> since you've been there, um, I've been here for a few months. I can I can ask you now. Favorite part of Rhode Island so far? Man, uh, it, it well, doesn't, and it doesn't have to be news related. It can be anything. Yeah, yeah. I will say, I think um, from a sports perspective, I think it's one of the more interesting uh, sports markets that we get to cover because it's so close to Boston. Yeah, you get, you know, the Boston, uh, you know, professional sports uh, influence, but also there's so many colleges in such a small city. So the sports scene in Providence and just in greater Rhode Island, I should say, I should just say the state of Rhode Island is really cool, you know, from covering Ivy League from Brown to PC URI hoops and even URI football, yeah. who I'm sure, you know, a incredible season so far. Yeah. So pretty cool. And then I guess for the state itself, I haven't really, you know, it's early fall still feels kind of like late summer. I'm not yeah. complaining, <laughs> but uh, summertime in Rhode Island was really cool beaches you know newport narragansett uh even in providence uh was pretty cool so well i i don't i i've lived in my whole life here and i'm not a uh, big beach fan but so i'm i'm appreciative of the (laughs) opportunity to have it here and then hear that people who are coming here you know live getting a job here and living here full-time or right full-time get to take advantage of it and you know say how um amazing it is well um, obviously, you know, we're in some interesting times, which has been the majority of, of the news um, as of late. Um, for yeah. you, you worked at a station before ABC6. So comparing, if you can compare it then to now covering, doing the news during the pandemic, what's it been like for you? Um, it's interesting. Uh, well, 
So to answer that question, I, I started in Springfield, Massachusetts. I worked for uh, 22 News, the NBC affiliate out there. I actually started there right after I graduated college. I graduated from UConn in 2017 and then uh, started at 22 News shortly after. And I worked there for about three years and then the pandemic. So I actually, when the pandemic first, I was still at 22 News. And I think when the pandemic happened, how it changed the way we do our jobs, it basically, you know, I think it gave us access. I think it made us realize we already had access to things like this, such as Zoom, yeah. uh, FaceTime. But I think just the importance of it rose yeah. significantly. I mean, look at what we're doing now. Look how many, look how often you see a Zoom. And before it, in a way, it made our jobs harder, which, you know, it was hard to, hard to, you know, navigate such a, some, something so unprecedented that we've never yeah. seen before and to be able to talk about it and, you know, really get a grasp on it when we're getting information every five minutes, especially during the peak of the pandemic. But in a way, it kind of made talking to some people easier, you know, because before the pandemic, we had to physically go to the person's house. You know, they could have been living, say we needed to interview someone. If they live like three hours away, we may not have been able to do it because, you know, we didn't really think of what we're doing right now. Uh, you know, Zoom meetings, FaceTimes. Yeah. But during the pandemic, we were able to, you know, get in contact with a lot more people because of this. So in a way, it kind of made our jobs, I guess in that way, made it a little easier to get in touch with people. So like now, I mean, look at what you and I are doing. I'm in Connecticut, you're in Rhode Island. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, you know, oh, we need to meet up with them in person. Yeah. But I think uh, virtually it made our job a little bit easier on the virtual level. But pandemic wise, I mean, it was tough, you know, interviewing people who lost their jobs, lost loved ones. You know, there was a, when it was like peak pandemic, there was a while there where, you know, I, I just felt sad, you know, like reporting this yeah. stuff, you know, obviously show our emotions, but it's like, it takes a toll on you talking about death and people losing their jobs every day. And as, which is something I kind of want to go into now, the field of you know news reporting and sort of that stuff a lot you you're constant there's constantly people moving different markets and whatnot or different places and then obviously many people have lost their jobs during this time which is more unfortunate than it's been said how and for you obviously you know there's people gene balsanti people like that who've been in the market for years and decades and decades um compared to someone like yourself who has been in it for a few years how much of the people losing their jobs was um, in the back of your mind in terms of, you know, what if that happens to me? Yeah. So luckily when that happened, I think, and again, I'm just speaking on me. I can't speak on anybody else, but at least that, you know, during the peak, by the time I got to Providence, the pan, I mean, yes, we are still in a pandemic. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but nearly as severe as it was when I was in Springfield. So when I was in Springfield, we never really had to worry about that. Thank God. Uh, knock on whatever kind yeah. of table this is. It's not wood, but um, <laughs> but thank God, you know, didn't have to worry about that because I think the news, I think our job got more important during the pandemic because a lot of people didn't know what was going on. So they turned into the news to see 
what was closing locally, um, what restrictions were put in place. So we were, you know, kind of under the microscope a lot more closely during the pandemic. And I think a lot of people relied on local news for some guidance and just some clarity as to what was going on. So because of that, I think our job security, um, you know, was pretty secure. Did you, did you notice, we mentioned it, you know, um, talking about, you know, doing this where we're in different, maybe in different states, but the ease of doing this to get, you know, a job done. Did you notice any change or quality in terms of how you were, you know, committing to doing, you know, a story or covering a story compared to, you know, when we didn't have to do a situation like this? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Um, so like, obviously, you know, we, we talked about how this thing of Zoom, you know, helps eat the ease and, right. and make it easier for to do this. But when this whole thing happened, the pandemic, or, you know, having to rely heavily on Zoom to do stories and cover the news, was there any difference that you saw in the way you were um, covering stories or doing stuff? Or did you, was it, you know, the same to you, you best try? Um, it was more... I don't know. I think I just looked at it as it was kind of, I try to keep it the same. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to let my mind get too wrapped into the story. Um, but again, the stories were a lot more emotional. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, I definitely think I, I put more focus into the stories because I knew how important they were. And I'm, and I'm not just saying like, you know, I mean, every story is important. Don't get me wrong, but you know, this was something where, everybody's impacted like yeah. literally everyone like when you watch the news people watch stories like oh you know that doesn't really impact me much i don't really yeah. care but the pandemic COVID, it, it impacts everyone no matter what whether you have a job you don't have, have a job someone ha it's impacted you in some type yeah. of way so i think really you know wanted to convey my my stories and convey my message in such a clear concise way and like get straight to the point because I knew people wanted the answers as quickly and as accurately and efficiently as possible. So if anything, it made you, you know, I don't want to say do a better job, but it made you, you know, put more importance into the way you were delivering and putting it out there. Right. Yeah. It was like, okay, like this is a big deal. A lot of people need answers. Like, you know, we got to give it to them. I, and I, they were relying I mentioned this to, uh, or I asked this this question to more, and I have asked this to a few other ones. Now, most of the time when you ask this type of question to people or something like this, and you say, oh, you know, did you always want to do this? And they say, oh, well, I've been wanting to do this ever since I was six years old doing this. So for you, was was this something that you knew you always wanted to do? Or is this something where it's like, oh, I tried this out in school and I, I kind of just stuck to it? So it's funny, like, almost every young kid who plays sports, you know, your dream is to become a professional yeah. athlete. And then I got to the age where I'm like, well, uh, being five, six, that's, that's gonna be tough to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, so, cause ideally, you know, I do news and sports, but sports is kind of where my, my heart is. Yeah. Um, that's, if I had to pick one, that's what I would pick, but I, I obviously love doing both, but going back to what I was saying, you know, I realized, yeah, I'm not going to play professionally. You know, you come to that age where you got to be real with yourself. And I always had a great knowledge of sports, uh, sports history, just knowing about the game, uh, grew up 
watching sports every single day. And I figured, you know, I was always a very good writer. I always did really well in my English and like writing classes. And uh, I was always good at public speaking. Um, that's, I mean, I was a little shy as a younger kid, but as I grew older, you know, I always find speaking in front of crowds yeah. or any of that. I kind of tied all those skills together and I figured, you know what, sports broadcasting, just journalism in general would be a great field uh, to take up. And um, that's, and like I said, had a great, I realized that in like middle, I was like middle school, like early high school age. And then in, at UConn, I did, uh, I was part of a campus TV station and covered uh, a lot of the UConn sports and like UConn news and kind of just took it from there. Now for, for me, um, when I was, you know, getting into culture now as, as a senior, it's a, a different mindset to a degree. I was, I originally didn't get into URI or I was waitlisted and I was planning going to another school in Connecticut, Eastern Connecticut State University and yep. I applied and got in and <laughs> Put not too far from UConn. Yes, to put the deposit in, and then I got word that I got into you the second time, and I switched there because it was closer to where I lived 10 minutes, 15 minutes down the road. Now, for you going to UConn, how much of it was because it was in your home state or near you or because it was uh, for the major of journalism? It's, it's funny. So UConn, as much of a UConn fan as I am, and I, I'm a UConn fan through and through you know love being an alumni I'm like one of the most proudest UConn alumni you'll meet now when I was coming out of high school I actually didn't want to go to UConn I wanted to go to school out of state my ideal school was uh St. John's in Queens in uh in New York because I wanted to be in the city you know just you know you want to leave you know as a high school senior like I want to get out of Connecticut I want to do this and of course when I got into St. John's you know and toured the school the whole nine but when it came to paying, it was, it was pretty yeah. tough. And at the time, I, my parents were like, you know, if you go to UConn, it'll be a lot easier. You won't be in as much debt. And of course, as a high school senior, you don't really realize yeah. it. Like, no, I just want to, I want to go. But looking back at, for a lot of reasons, it was a great decision uh, financially and uh, educationally. And it was, because I will say my first two years, I wasn't really doing many major related stuff yet. Um, but sophomore year when I joined uh, UCTV, our campus TV station, uh, that's where my love for like journalism, TV reporting, sports coverage, all that, uh, that's where it started. And once I started, I didn't look back. Well, I, I realize this and I joke a lot about to people who are on the, my club tennis team with me and others that I've gone to high school with that a lot of people tend to want to go outside out of state the places where it's much warmer or bigger because they need that you know for their social life or whatever and then they all tend yeah. to come back to here in my example everyone likes to go where i went to high school in wakefield or island all to florida schools or out west and then next thing you know next semester they're all coming back home yeah they always there's always a gravitation to come back home <laughs> yes, yes, and especially you know a lot of those young when you're younger, you don't realize, you know, how much it takes to leave yeah. your state and everything. And again, like I said, I, and you know, if they can all the power to them, some yeah. people you know, have left Connecticut and they never came back and great for them, you know, yeah. but I'm glad I went to UConn and, you know, 
did what I did in college. How much, I'm curious, how much, or how important, I should say, in terms of, you know, uh, your experience as well as furthering yourself in the field was, you know, the things like that being part of the school news station for you? Oh, oh, it's huge. I learned more during doing that and doing internships. I interned, so I had, I had two internships. Uh, one was kind of like a job because uh, one was paid, one was not paid. Um, I did an internship at Channel 8 in New Haven. And then I, it was kind of, this was like more like a job, but I was hired to be the campus correspondent for UConn for the American Athletic Conference. That was our athletic conference at the time. Now UConn's in the Big East for, similar to Providence for a lot of sports. But I had, doing those two things were huge. You know, I got more real life, hands-on experience and those two internships plus my campus TV station uh, prepared me more for what I'm doing now than my classes did. And that's not to select my classes. You know, there's things I learned in my classes that, uh, you know, resonated with me and, you know, I still do to this day, but the hands-on, you know, real world experience uh, that you get is huge, especially in this field, because let's put it this way. When I, when I got my job, when I got the job at 22, my news director at the time, he could care less what my GPA was. Yeah. You know, he, it's not like, you know, you're looking at, he's like scanning a resume, like a detail. Oh, whoa, you got B in a art history. No, they don't care about that. You know, they don't, your GPA was your junior year or really your overall GPA, as long as you graduated and it was decent, they didn't really care. Um, Because what got me the job was my demo tape, you know, kind of our, kind of like a highlight reel. You put your best work together that I did throughout college and throughout my internships. And that's what gets you your job. That's your real resume. And, you know, doing that hands-on stuff, that's what really gets you far in this field. Now, going from, you know, covering, uh, I would think that you covered UConn basketball men's, which I'm I'm sure you did when you were in college. Compared to doing that as a fan then to now, how much happier are you now, you know, that they're doing much, uh, I don't want to say much better, but, you know, very good uh, nowadays with, you know, Dan Hurley as, as the head coach. Yeah. So it was interesting. My four years at UConn were kind of a roller coaster because um, in terms of UConn basketball, because my freshman year, uh, we actually, I say we, UConn, but you know, that's just how big yeah. I am. But my freshman year, UConn men's and women's uh, both won the national championship. Yeah. And it was my freshman year. Oh man, it was crazy. There was thousands of people running around campus, climbing yeah. trees, cars were set on fire. It was nuts. It was one of the best nights of my life, to be honest. <laughs> but, you know, at that time I was like, man, you know, UConn winning the national championship, man, the next three years, we're going to just kill it. You know, yeah. you get that taste fresh and you think it's going to be like that throughout college. And I think the woman, I think the woman won it the year after, which was still cool. But I will say a UConn, UConn women have won it so many times yeah, now. It's, it's fun, which sucks because it's, it still should be a big deal, but you kind of get desensitized yeah. to their winning. I still got it, but you know, campus wide, it wasn't as big of a deal as it was my freshman year. Um, because UConn, I'm sure you may know, they're the only school to win a national championship in women's and men's basketball, and they've done it twice, which oh. is awesome. Yeah. But 
after he won the championship, the next three years were really tough. Um, with and I loved Kevin Ollie, uh, but after that, you know, sophomore year we didn't even make the tournament. Ugh. Junior year we made the tournament. I think we lost the second round, and then senior year was another tough year. So it was like, and you know, for other programs it'd be like, okay, yeah, two off years, whatever. But like this is UConn, it's different. Like, yeah, the, the standards are, are raised. Um, but I go into the now. I like Dan Hurley a lot. He actually reminds me a lot of Jim Calhoun, um, which is interesting. As you know, Jim Calhoun was the one who yeah. basically built on men's basketball. Uh, he's very tough. And, but I think he's fair. You know, he gets a lot out of his players. And I think his players like playing for him. And obviously on the recruiting trail, because he has such an influence in high school basketball, uh, we're doing really well there. And uh, I'm excited too to see uh, UConn and Providence go at it now, uh, especially being back in the Big East. Yeah. Uh, the cool, really excited to see that rivalry get going, especially with Hurley. I know he didn't coach at Providence, but yeah. you know, he coached in, in a familiar face with a lot of uh, Rhode Island hoops fans. So I'm excited for a hoop season for sure. Well, hopefully Hurley and um, and uh, Coach Cooley finally uh, throw hands at this point because they've come close to doing it in years past. But haven't yeah, that's I, again, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I hear from uh, a lot of my coworkers and other people in the field that they have a. Uh, no, a lot of tension between them. So that's oh, interesting. It's always, it's, it's always interesting. I, I'm looking forward to URI finally playing PC again this year because they didn't last year for an unknown reason. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, but um, I want to uh, switch uh, quickly or briefly, I should say, when you, when you joined 22 News, how much for you was it, you know, an ego check at the door because, you know, you're coming from working at, at uh, your school at, on the news station and whatnot, and then you're working now with professionals who have, I, I guess, have more up on you in terms of being who they are. Oh, it's, it was a huge ego check. Um, not saying I had a big head or anything, yeah. but it was a real eye opening. You know, now you're doing the real deal. Um, it's not just, you know, at campus TV stations, if you did, uh, you know, did a story, um, you know, maybe you do, you know, you'd work on it a little bit, like, okay, I can finish this tomorrow. Yeah. Like in real news, it's, it's not like that. Uh, yeah. You lose hours to get it done. And if you don't get it done, that's a huge problem. So and I will say when I first started, I was like very nervous. Um, you know, I was really worried about messing up, uh, thinking too much. And one of the best pieces of advice from uh, Carl Ravitch, uh, who is one of the big baseball tonight guys for ESPN, um, you know, just be yourself. You know, there's so many like, yeah, there's like Chris Burns be like him, which is good. You know, take things away from him. But at the end of the day, there's only one Hector Molina. You yeah. know, there's only one Nolan. Be the best Nolan, be the best Hector that you can. And, you know, just be you and be confident. You know, I, I noticed myself getting better when I started kind of caring less if I was going to make a mistake, you know, because even people on ESPN, NBC Nightly News, ABC News, like National Network News, they, they make they make mistakes. Everybody yeah. does, you know, everybody's human. Not, you know, even like the big time anchors stumble over words. You know, it's how you recover. You know, don't let that one mistake, you know, shut you down for the rest of the newscast or the rest of your report. So I noticed once I started kind of having more confidence in myself and worrying less about mistakes. My reporting got better. 
and you know I started feeling a lot more comfortable for you and this was sort of mentioned at the beginning and talking about you know making sure you know you're getting everybody you're telling everybody the full facts because everyone's curious starting out I mean it what did you have any how how much for you was important to make sure you, there was accountability in terms of telling the full story when you're when you were a fresh reporter is was it anywhere similar to how you still carry today um it it was still very similar um i will say in my first market was it was actually a really good area to start because you know when i was there a lot and i think in new england in general people you know really really care how you pronounce things what you call thing you know uh like out in for example out when i was in mass a lot of people say umass amherst but you don't put the h in it it's just amherst and that was something i got you know kind (laughs) of i had a talking to after i mispronounced that and something i didn't get in trouble with it but a lot of my people oh no no you don't pronounce it this way you pronounce it so um yeah i think the accountability was more or less the same you know because obviously, if you're reporting on something, you know, you want people to trust you, trust what yeah. you're saying is right, and, you know, feel like they can, you know, be confident in you as well. And if you're mispronouncing things, you know, getting your facts wrong, then they're not going to believe you when you are, even when you are right. So that's that's really important. Well, then you, then you made uh, probably... I mean, I don't, uh, besides this, I don't, I don't know other decisions you made in life, but you probably made a phenomenal decision in terms of coming to Rhode Island to work yes. at ABC Six News. And a very, a very good choice to come to the greatest state ever. <laughs> how, how different for you, how different was it for you here in terms of, I mean, not, not, you know, living situation, but in terms of working at that station compared to 22 News? Uh, it was interesting. Um, so the difference is I, could say is um obviously providence a bigger city yeah um a metropolitan feel um what i liked what really enticed me to coming is when i was in springfield we used to have to cover three or four stories a day so i I didn't really have a lot of time to put the effort in and really make the story what i wanted it to be i mean i still did a good job made sure it looked good but when you're doing three or four stories you, you can't spend a lot of time on one where here at ABC six, you know, we, we really get, we only get assigned one story a day and we really get to focus in yeah. on that story and tell it the way we want, okay. you know, what I like too about ABC six, you know, obviously compared to channel 12, channel 10, where, you know, in third, we're the third place uh, for like ratings wise, which at the end of the day, I don't really care about, <laughs> but it's, it's fine yeah. is what it is. Um, but what I like there is they kind of, we kind of get the freedom to really tell a story that we want to tell. Oh. And, you know, like when we pitch our story ideas, we get really creative. And a lot of the times we get stories that other people don't, you know, we get a lot of exclusives. And I think when, like as a reporter, when I see a story that I sought out, I came up, you know, had the idea for, and I see it come to fruition, it, it means a lot more. Yeah. And you could tell compared to like other stories I get assigned, which, you know, that's, that's just kind of how the business is and how life yeah. is. Sometimes you get assigned things you don't want to do and you compare them. 
versus the stories that you came up with versus the ones you're assigned, you could tell the difference and how it, it comes out, which is awesome. Um, but love the people here. A lot of the people are very media friendly, which is nice, very yeah. accessible. And uh, what I like too about working in Rhode Island, because when I worked in Massachusetts, it was such a big state uh, compared to Rhode Island. Yeah. You know, field. Uh, in Springfield, we didn't really have access to Governor Baker because he was all the way out in Boston. Yeah. You know, you know, we could, I mean, where we are at ABC6, we're right around the corner from the State House. We yeah, could talk yeah. to McKee where we wanted, which, which is great. And I think just like the accessibility of being in a, a small state is really cool. So when people want to tell their story, we can, you know, help make it happen. Especially like I was saying before with either virtually or in person, which is really cool. Now, from an, a national st uh, standpoint, we, we, we talked about this before we got going. The last, I'd say, five or six years, it's been, you know, hard in terms of, I would, I would think, the, the news media and people working mm -hmm. in the media in terms of having people, you know, no, I don't want to say believe, but in a way sort of believe them because people like to get aggravated with the news and call them out and not have a uh, belief in them. At now, as being a news reporter yourself, how hard is that for you to see this amount of discourse in terms of the relationship between the media and those who tune in? It, it, it's tough. Um, I will say a lot of people don't understand that local news and national news are very, very different. Yeah. Um, you know, we get a lot of people would come up to me and say, oh, um, you know, call us fake news and <laughs> those great things you always hear. Uh, the media, you guys are lying, you know, brushing. And a lot of the things that they come and like complain about, you know, they say, you know, oh, ABC World News, you guys aired this, this and that, like nationally. Like they come to us complaining about national yeah. topics. I'm like, well, we run those in our newscast. We don't directly report on that. Yeah. You know? like a local station in providence you know yeah we we run vaccine stories but we're not talking to trump every day we're not yeah. the one in the questions exactly yeah you know and a lot of people too because of i think what's happened a lot of these blogs a lot of these outlets a lot of these you know pretty much anybody can start a website now yeah which anyone can start a website post things and say hey i'm a reporter but it's up to the viewer to decide what's real and what's not. Yeah. And I think what's happened a lot is you have these blogs, these um, social media accounts that say things and people and you know, they post and they think it's clickbait. Yeah. It's a kind of a hot take uh, headline or something. And they're like, Oh, wow. And they don't really, they just read it for what it is, but they don't think about it. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening a lot is a lot of people see those things and they believe it right away because it's juicy, but they don't take the time to really decipher what's real and what's not. But, you know, in local news, trust me, everything we report is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, you know, some, maybe we will mess up here and there. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but we're not doing it for clickbaits. You know, we're, we're doing it because it's our job to inform the public um, of what's right. And, going on if people want clickbait they can just get their news from facebook as most most people do so yeah and it, exactly and they see those things on facebook and they think it's real you know actually factual which it, a lot of the time it isn't yeah and then they'll see what we report and they think we're lying so yeah. 
But unfortunately, it is what it is. You know, yeah. I kind of just put it all out. And to this point, it's, you know, it's just noise to me. You know, I know as long as I do my research, I get my facts straight, I air it, then, you know, that's up to the viewer to decide. And whatever they say is whatever they say. I don't really care. Well, as, as, I, as I also mentioned before we got going, uh, you know, I, I give people like yourself, you know, a lot of credit to deal with all this because I'm sure it's yeah. something that's very stressful and aggravating and worrisome because you're just doing your job trying to relay this information to make people feel to a degree better. Yeah. And then you have others who think that's false because their crazy uncle on Facebook that they barely see is saying <laughs> this stuff is what really is. You got that right. But like I said, it's, I mean, some, it gets annoying. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. a lot of the time it just goes in one year out the other. You, you can't really let it get to you. Well, before, before I let you get on your way, it's time for a segment I always like to do called the one word segment, one word challenge. And what, All right. this, what this entails, and for those out there who don't know what it is, the one word challenge is something where I, to my best ability, whoever the guest is, I try to put words or phrases that have something to do with the guest to my, the best ability that can be connected. And what the guest will do is say a word or a sentence or whatever it may be that best associates with that phrase. So Hector, are you ready? Let's do it. Uh, Springfield. 413. Journalism. Newsy. Uh, Yukon. Go Huskies. New England Sports. Championships. ABC6. Great station. Hector Molina. A legend. Well, <laughs> no, no, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> no, go go for that that's fairly fine that's the first time someone has said that so uh, the first for the record <laughs> books um but no as as i say as i end with that i say hector uh, i have said it many times thank you thank you thank you for doing this coming taking the time out of your time when you didn't have to but you jumped to the op opportunity to do it and i i'm grateful for that and i um, appreciate it and you know hopefully you know one day we can run it back again in the near yeah. um, future. And, you know, for all those out there, if you liked what you listened or watched, you depending on your preference. And as I usually say, because I know there's a lot of people out there who tune in like Joe Rogan's, um, do a favor, subscribe, follow, share, like, follow all that grand stuff to help the growth of this program. If you want all news and information regarding future episodes, follow on Instagram, Nolan Carr at Night Show, and on Twitter, Nolan Carr at Night. Hector, is there anything that you want to plug? No, just, uh, you know, Follow me on Twitter at Hector Molina TV if you, you know, want the latest and greatest in Rhode Island news and sports. And uh, tune in, watch us on ABC6 and keep watching the Nolan Carr show as well. Yeah. And even if you're not from Rhode Island, you want news regarding Rhode Island, follow him. It's, it, it'll help you. Yeah. And you can talk to about other people that are from there. Well, that's it for this week. I thank you all for tuning in. And in the words of Johnny Carson, I bid you all heartfelt good night.